0: We do have a trigger warning for this episode. We talk about abuse and abusive relationships, and if you'd prefer to skip ahead, we stop talking about it after the 23-minute mark. Society teaches us to like really value romantic love and like prioritize that above all other relationships, like above your family and your friendships, and so I feel like we just don't Pay pay as much attention to the dynamics there and see, like, the red flags and the warning signs the way we might, like, when we're starting to date someone.
1: Today, I'm very excited to talk about uh, just relationships, hookup culture, the whole vibe. And we also have special guests, Mariah and Nico from experts in my friendship (laughs) and they're gonna be talking about polyamory which is very exciting but that will be later on in the episode and we'll start with some relationship talks and straight vanilla relationship talk Mm -hmm.
2: and it's gonna be I guess it's kind of like a continuation of last week's episode so there might be some gaps but last week was more focusing on our like our ethnicity and dating. Uh, yeah, on
1: race and relationships, now it's just relationships in general. Lord knows we have a lot to say about that.
2: Yes. <laughs> so to start us off, you both have either read or seen the show Normal People, or read the book or seen the show. Just to give a little overview, so it's basically a story about a guy and a girl in high school, and the guy's really popular, and the girl's not so popular, and then they go to college, and the the social status kind of reverses and then there's also interesting dynamics between like their economic status is also different um and overall it's kind of just like a romantic teen love story for most part for, for like a lot of it but it made waves in a lot of the literature world and then the tv show came out and it was basically like soft core so that also made it feel, <laughs> <made it real, laughs> I guess um, definitely like soft core. yeah but some things I wanted to talk about in terms of the dynamic between them two and I want to get your opinions on I noticed that throughout a lot of the beginning of their relationship and even like they were hooking up there wasn't really a, a solid communication of how each other feels or like where we see this going or it was just like this feels good and we're gonna keep it going um and I feel like that was pretty accurate to how things are done in today's dating world correct me if I'm wrong
0: yeah or it was almost painful to watch because of how accurate it was Mm -hmm. or like how realistic it would be at points like I almost like needed to look away Yeah, so
1: I was, um, I loved their example of consent in maybe the first or second episode that they had. And I thought that was just beautiful and how it should be done and awesome. I think, trying to remember exactly what happened, but I'm pretty sure it was her first time. And he asked her if it was her first time and she was like, yes. And then he said, um well even if it's weird or whatever like you can say you can tell me to stop like that's totally fine don't feel weird about it and I think that's so important because a lot of times we have sex for the first time and we don't think that it's like we feel weird about saying stop because we're we know it's gonna hurt like we we know that but we don't know that it shouldn't hurt Mm -hmm. because it shouldn't like you shouldn't have to go from like zero to like a 100 real quick yeah it should be a nice progression of sizes yeah. in that region of your body
2: <laughs> and how weird is that that like you're taught as a woman that it just like suck it up it's gonna hurt and it's then hurt, and you're gonna bleed
1: that's you're not supposed yeah. to bleed yeah <laughs> like how and you're that's your test for virginity like back in the day they would check the sheets and see if there was blood and if there was blood then that meant she was a
0: virgin like that's fucked up because it's not I true I wondered like what do you do if there aren't there's no blood on the sheets then it's like oh she wasn't a virgin that we better so throw like throw her out throw the whole bitch out <laughs> yeah, right woman disposal like I don't know what happens after that <laughs>
1: yeah it's it's absolutely ridiculous and
0: so just for because
1: no not a lot of people know this surprisingly but the hymen is not meant to be broken. It is not like a sheet in your vagina. It is a hole and it will stretch, it's elastic. So it'll stretch out, it'll like stretch in. And it just depends on how frequently and like in what way it's being worked. So like if you don't have sex for months on end and previously to that, you were in a long-term relationship and you were having sex a lot, then your vagina will go back to the size that it was when you were a virgin so virginity is really just this random arbitrary thing we made up it's not real at all
3: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm just saying that for the listeners of our 20 fucking listeners who are
0: guys maybe like two of them i don't know <laughs> but yeah know that and i i don't know about you guys but the sex education i got in school was so minimal and so fear-based. Like it was just pictures of STIs and like scary videos about women giving birth and just no information about how to handle consent, which I think should be at the forefront. Like I I think it wasn't until college, like during our freshman year orientation, which is great that like my college did this. They put it on a little skit to like show what consent looks like. And that was like the first time I'd been formally taught it. Like, it shouldn't wait until you're 18 and a legal adult to, like, lear- really learn what this is. Yeah. I
1: mean, theoretically, your parents should be telling you this, but, like, in the brown household that we grew up with, that was not an option.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was,
1: like, you won't have sex until you're married. Otherwise, you will die. Just not even the get pregnant and die. You'll just die.
0: Right.
2: Even Are being so taboo. <laughs> have either of you ever seen that tea video about consent? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's like, it's trying to explain why consent is like, should be a given through tea. So like, there's this, I think it's like all in cartoon, but there's this guy who's like, if you offer someone tea and they say no, you're not going to shove the tea down their throat (laughs) and be like, no, drink the tea. I want (laughs) you to drink my damn tea. Like, that would be so weird. That would be preposterous to anybody, like a friend or stranger.
1: Okay. But my mom would do that. Like my mom. That's, like, like, that's what I mean, you love,
2: though. That's diff- <laughs> that translates differently. Love like
1: <laughs> You're gonna fucking drink my tea. That's that's the what my mom says verbatim.
2: I did really appreciate that. Connell asked as well, especially in high school. Like, come on, that's that's yeah. Not, that felt very unrealistic. But yeah. um, but
1: everything else about normal people, I fucking hated.
2: Mm. How <laughs> 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 like, feel? Was it, it was, um, do you think it was Marianne that bothered you? Like her, her- I,
1: I think it was both of them. because So they made the, both of the characters extremely one dimensional where they classically made the girl as constantly helpless and like needing to be saved. And then they made the guy as kind of holier than thou. He was popular in high school. And then he wasn't po- like traditionally popular in college but he still was too, he was like too cool. He was at at every stage of it, he was above everything that was happening. And they just didn't develop either of the characters. I only watched the first season, so I don't know what happened after that. I I physically could not watch any more of it because I was like, this is absolute garbage. Sorry if you guys liked it. Um, But I was like, so just irritated at how lazy the entire thing was. It was, and then they kept making this girl like, put in these helpless situations when, like, where she's, like, in an abusive relationship and it's, like, ah, obviously he's gonna save her, and, like, I just thought it was so stupid and just lazy. So, was
0: your your problem with it, the fact that he was always the one to, like, show her care and show her compassion, and she was never able to just give that to herself? I definitely think that was part of it, for sure,
1: but I think more of it was that there was never any depth beyond that. It was, it didn't show how she was strong in any part of her life whatsoever, which obviously if she's so smart and got into a really good college and thrived or whatever, there's some part of her that's strong or some part of her that thinks she's good in something. And they didn't show any of that, but they just made her character that, like, they just developed her without explaining it, without actually showing growth.
0: Yeah, and not really giving her the redemption she, yeah she deserved. all yeah yeah
2: for sure it was really hard to like especially in the book too, to just read about her because it basically she was just on a constant spiral downwards basically for the whole book and there were points where like finally when her and connell were together it was like okay maybe she feels complete again but even that was problematic because she always her life was always defined by other people's like acceptance of her and that made her especially like fragile so like when people would treat her poorly that just furthered worsened her mental health and then it's also there's the whole argument like oh well you know knowing her family how she grew up she can't help it kind of thing like look what she's been through but then at the same time like we've talked about this before like at what point do you say you need to take agency of your own life and get get out of this clear clearly toxic cycle that you're in or do you just kind of let them let somebody treat themselves like this because what that's like her only definition of what it means to be loved yeah it was, yeah, it was especially hard in like as a 21st century woman to watch like somebody do that to themselves yeah uh, but do you all do you know women in your life that are maybe not as like her lack of self-worth was pretty evident but I feel like I know some women that I've met, maybe not that I'm close with, but that I have like reflected similar qualities and then they'll choose men that, like you basically, you pick people around you that validate your own identity. So if your identity and your sense of self is like so broken, then you're gonna only be around people and date people that validate that. And I think I, I've seen that happen a lot with women in particular. I don't know if like maybe men, I don't know. I don't want to start like putting people in boxes, but I, I, have you seen like women do that? You think that's like something that comes up?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like I've tried to talk to them about it and tell them like, Hey, this guy isn't treating you well. And like, maybe you should like try moving on. And, and, but sometimes people will be so deep in the cycle of abuse and like being with someone toxic that it's almost like, some, an outsider's words don't really reach them um, and I think that's been really hard to see in like people I'm close to mm-hmm.
1: yeah and I'm, I'm like a crisis text line counselor which I don't think I've brought up yet but um, I've talked to a lot of people who have who are in abusive relationships and who, who don't I mean I don't know how to put this They're, it's it's like that's all they know and it's, it's a lot of them, I, and I think especially at the, when they're at the point where they're reaching out for help, it's like, they know that they're in this toxic cycle, mm-hmm. but they can't, they can't fully put them down or they can't fully detach themselves and just say, well, this person is bad for me. And this person is bad for this, this, and this reason they can't logically number it out. It's, it's a lot more of a mind game where they think, well, well, he apologized for that or he really, he says he loves me, but then he goes and does this thing and it's just like contradictory behavior that clashes. And I I think that that's very uh, just frequent within abusive relationships where you kind of expect someone to treat you in one way and then they do treat you in a different way and you keep making excuses for them. And I think at, at the end of the day, it boils down to, well, what, how do you rate your own self worth? Like what is, what validates, how do you validate yourself? And it always, it's never about the other person. It's always about your own self. Cause I know me, I would not allow myself to be in a physical, or, I mean, I wanna say without a doubt an emotionally abusive relationship, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's a lot more of a mind game with emotional abuse. But I would, if anyone ever laid a hand on me that I didn't consent to, then uh, bye, goodbye. Like I, I know that to. for a fact. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's because I I like value myself in that way. And I understand that. But there's like, imagine 18 year olds who like And me at 18, like I was an idiot. I was, I didn't know any, anything. Mm-hmm. And if someone was physically abusive to me in my mindset at 18, I would have absolutely allowed it. Mm-hmm. So I think- it's I don't know when it comes to like abusive I think I think normal people did a good job of trying to display a woman of constant like low self-worth who just
0: yeah and I one thing that normal people kind of touched on but didn't like delve into super deeply was her relationship with her brother and then the way that the kids treated her at school and then having that as like kind of her very shaky foundation of her self-worth and then she like goes to college and meets more men and then continues to like fall into these cycles like I think like that's definitely a learned behavior Mm -hmm. that like when you become more comfortable with people like treat you know telling you that your your self-worth is meaningless or treating you a certain way that just becomes your default Mm -hmm. and it becomes like what you're comfortable with when you meet a new person. Mm-hmm. And I think like normal people like hinted at that, but didn't like explore that as deeply as it could have.
2: Yeah. And I think what you said Chitra, about, it comes down to the person. That's so true, especially in Marion's case. Like I, I, at some points I was like, is Marian and Connell, like are they toxic for each other? Cause she just seems to be like constantly seeking for his approval. But then it became so clear when she was away from Connell and she was with other people that no matter what she would get into or what kind of relationship she would get get into, it would turn toxic. So like outside of Connell or or not, it was like something within her, like her own sense of self that was making everything, everyone she interacted with just like, just not great for her in any way. So
1: yeah. I think for me, what makes it kind of lazy though is like, yeah that because she dated like two different guys and somehow they both somehow abused her and it's not like actually be, but like we're a little aggressive towards her and and it's I don't know I think it, it was just lazy writing where they just kind of made the same guy but they were like oh this guy's gonna be super preppy and aggressive and annoying and this guy's gonna be super hipster and aggressive and annoying like mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know.
0: Uh, oh that's just so true like yeah they were like the same person and they weren't they kind of ignored the nuances of like the different relationships
1: yeah exactly and it's like I think you can reflect the same thing that they were trying to go for without being that obvious about it, or I don't know that lazy about it mm-hmm. that was my issue nice. but yeah we can move on from the show because yeah clearly I don't <laughs> <laughs>
2: it also uh one more thing about like toxic relationships i feel like what makes them toxic is very subjective which is kind of can be dangerous like i've seen people in relationships that to my standards i think well i shouldn't say that i'm like i'm like i have such high standards i want to treat treated like a queen not like that but like I- i've seen people in relationships right <laughs> now, <laughs> where the way they like handle conflict and the way they interact i would consider that to be emotionally abusive like they they clearly don't they're not like on the same team it's very much like like egos fighting each other but if you bring it up with them that's not considered toxic so it's like i think the spectrum maybe with physical physically abusive relationship it's much more clear like yeah there's hitting involved if that's that's abuse but emotionally abusive I think it kind of slips in in ways that you don't realize and sometimes it can start escalating and the person that you thought he or she was in the beginning is just like totally different and then you're like wait at what point did this turn abusive and so yeah I think in just in general it's good to have an idea of what how somebody how you would like someone to make you feel and you and you both should be like working together to like bring out that best in as many ways you can and yeah just uh want to put that out there I feel like emotional abuse is subjective
1: yeah for sure And I think we also reduce it down to like it always being between a romantic relationship with like a man and a woman and we don't oh. bring toxic relationships into friendships which I think is so important because women do this to each other all the time where yeah. like, they Yes. Yeah, where they always like insert themselves into being like the most important person in the situation always and they and we allow this to happen or even I mean I'm sure men do this to each other too or just in so many different scenarios siblings also like there's so many different toxic relationships that happen and we don't address whatsoever. We just Like I have never seen anything portrayed in movies or, and I don't know why I think we always go to to the media into like what we see as Mm -hmm. our example of things. I mean, I do know why that is our main source. It's
0: all around us. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But we don't ever see this in, in friendships, in siblings and when it's, it's so prevalent, like it exists. This is how Mm -hmm. the world works. And we absolutely should, because I know damn well I've been in many uh, toxic friendships.
2: Mm-hmm. And the yeah. people, especially your family, your parents and your siblings, shape so much of how you you end up valuing yourself and you feel like you should be treated by, by when you do end up getting into romantic relationships. I mean, that's like, Marianne's a classic example of that. Like, she's never known what it was like to feel loved and then... Like yeah, no shit. She's now in like four relationships back to back that were just like really toxic to her. So, yeah, I think that is so important because that's where it all stems from. It's like how you were how you were taught what love looks like, and when you were growing up. And then, I mean, almost everyone that I can think of that has been in those kind of difficult relationships have had like toxic family relationships. So,
0: yeah very aligned and go, and going back to friendships I feel like it's only recently that I started holding my friendships to the same standard that I hold my relationship because I feel like a society teaches us to like really value romantic love and like prioritize that above all other relationships like above your family and your friendships and so I feel like we just don't pay pay as much attention to the dynamics there and see, like, the red flags and the warning signs the way we might, like, when we're starting to date someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. honestly, like, not to get mushy, but you guys are why I
1: have such a high standard for friends. <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> like And even Mariah. Like, you guys are so, such genuinely good people. You actually give a shit. Like, empathy is <laughs> such a rare standard to have for people for some fucking reason like because I mean all all of you guys like you're a teacher Shivani Shimoda you love to like help other people with all their problems you're, you're always helping me with my problems <laughs> you're literally in psychology and also trying to help people like you all three of you just have this innate need to want to help people and I love like that is why I think I can be so close to you guys because otherwise I just I seek so me.
0: Can we take a crying break? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can cry.
1: You <laughs> can cry whenever you can take taking it. Wow. <laughs> um, no, I'm not a bitch. I save that for the shower. <laughs> it all blends in together.
2: <laughs> wow. That was adorable. I'm blushing.
1: but yeah but other than that like I have a lot of friends who who aren't altruistic who don't prioritize that and they've given me like I don't know more of a hard time or I just don't feel as close with them because of that
2: Mm. someone once asked me what I look for in a partner and it was honestly the same as like a friend (laughs) I'm like I it's a feeling I I don't I don't have like a laundry list just more of like when you anticipate it hang out with them it's not a oh, okay let me prepare for this or like this is about to happen it's more of like oh cool let's 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 do this or like even if for somebody who needs introverted moments they don't get in the way of that like they still don't make you feel like you are draining your energy anyway it's, it's yeah. yeah
1: and whenever you're like i'm gonna go and go somewhere and do this i'm like can i come like i just yeah <laughs> Yeah, i like i want to spend all my time with you and i don't
0: oh. to i love it yeah there's some people who fill up your cup and then other people who just like suck all the life out of you
1: yeah raya just filled my cup up with some <laughs>
0: wine <laughs> yeah, you
1: know I and know. i do i think the basis of normal people is really good i just think they executed it poorly and they do bring up like a lot of important things that aren't generally in the spotlight like what you guys were talking about with toxic relationships and like you know female insecurities whatever um I just think they were they didn't do it they didn't execute it right
2: Mm -hmm. oh I have one last question for y'all um the way normal people showed uh the way they got together and then eventually it wasn't until like years later where they were like actually a thing I guess exclusively uh would you say that's characteristic of how people meet nowadays no that's (laughs) like you you kind of just hook up and don't talk anything about how your feelings are yeah but
1: I think that's different because it's like they hooked up didn't talk about their feelings but then Low key, still had feelings for each other the entire time, and years together. Like years later, got together. That's not
2: real life. Like that would never happen. You hook up. That was like shortened to weeks. Is that more realistic? Like you know, yeah. you meet someone in January, and then like you just kind of hook up, you hook up, you hook up, and then like oh, I don't. Mean, <laughs> in
1: my experience, no. But maybe I'm also like very detached when I jump into things, and so if I at first have no interest in like having a relationship with you when I first like interact with you, then I will not, I will not like I, if I have a relationship with you, it's because I have this intention. Mm. So maybe that's just me specifically, but I don't think it's very often that people are like casually hooking up and then have a relationship because you go in with a mindset. I
2: think that's the smart thing to do, but I've definitely seen like, I think people just also just kind of like I'm just going to hook up and see where this goes and then it sometimes ends up in oh, and then dude, sometimes yeah. it's also like Ugh, actually no I'm not feeling this but then it's okay you can leave because there was nothing said about staying together. Yeah, so.
0: yeah I, ju- I just feel like the whole element that he hid it from all his friends and family and the people at school just added such a weird power dynamic that like I've been lucky to never experience that but I just can't imagine, like, being in her position and accepting that, like, and maybe it has to do with the fact she was so young, like, she had just never seen a healthy relationship. She was, like, like 17 or 18 when they first got together, but I I just think that adds an aspect that I've, I haven't really heard of happening in real life, which kind of took away from the realism of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it kind of
2: worries me sometimes because... I think more people tend to not do what you just said there where they'll just like hook up blindly and then see where it goes and then uh, I'm like oh, I think I also feel like... like I'm a dude <laughs> against, or like a class, <laughs>
1: classic
2: American <laughs>
1: um so I I just think that my mentality is where where that is and I mean there's which like men are so much more sensitive than women are we don't talk about that like because we are allowed to outwardly emote, like, emote what we're feeling inside. Men are not allowed to do that. So when you like, when the tables are reversed, I have gotten some extreme reactions from men in scenarios where girls like, kind of maybe cry about it to themselves, but then move on. Mm. Whereas I get like, mass texts being like, you fucking bitch, like you are the worst, like just, yeah. As men, yeah, men just don't know how to how to handle emotions when being rejected.
0: Yeah, yeah, a that. lot. To, yeah, but um, just in in my own relationship, like I think I'm even though I've been with Aiden for like three years, we're still kind of getting to know each other, and we try to practice like as much gender equality as we can with like more concrete things like chores around the house and dishes and all of that. Um, but I think the hardest thing to unlearn has been that idea that, like, women are the more emotional ones and, like, men, like, just don't feel those things. Like, I've had to kind of, like, check myself a few times when I'm feeling upset about things um, that, you know, this this is, like, affecting him as equally as it's affecting me. Mm-hmm. Well, I so do you like guys...
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 well, one last thought on that. It's almost like they uh like they since they can't talk about their feelings, they just like put them in a box and then one day the box just like you're kind of poking at it, poking at it, and then you're like, whoa, where'd all these like years and years of anger come from? And then yeah. At least that's how I think about it. Continue.
1: Okay no. <laughs> okay. Um uh, so do you guys feel like growing up with like Indian parents has maybe made you feel less emotional because I mean I I, this is kind of a question I've I've had like grappled with between like a lot of people because I personally think my parents raised me the way most men are raised if I ever cried as a kid they were like stop crying like shut up you're
0: you're fine oh oh that's right
1: so I always wondered
0: is that normal like (laughs) I've had this exact thought before like it's like to be a man because (laughs) <laughs> like it's so much and maybe Aiden is special but it's so much easier for him to talk about like really difficult emotional things whereas I just like clam up and I, I'm i like speechless sometimes and I have to like work like through things things. Of to, yeah like yeah. A, it feels like a wall going up and I think that's very much cultural and I've noticed it like with my parents and then maybe with like our relatives too just how um our default, our default response to any kind of conflict is to just ignore it completely and to, like, mask it with, like, fakeness. Yeah. Yeah. And even, like, I remember
1: Shimona, like, and you can edit this out if it's, like, too personal, but (laughs) you were going through, like, your breakup and I didn't, you didn't seem, or you didn't open up about it at all. Like, you just kind of We're like oh yeah like it sucks and it's hard and then and that was kind of the extent of it and then when I asked about it later you were like yeah it was really hard and but then that's kind of also the extent of it like you don't really go too much in depth to it and I feel like you I don't know you don't talk about it
2: like almost at all Mm
1: -hmm. that's put you on the spot
2: (laughs) no that's a very valid point yeah I (laughs) Yeah, that was, like, years later. I was like, yeah, that was, like, a terrible time in my life. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we remember asking you about it, like, as it was happening. And you're like, yeah, it sucks, but I'm getting through it. And you're, like, super positive about it. And I was like, no, but, like, what what's up? And you're like, it's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I – so I wonder – I don't know if that's, like, a coping mechanism I got from family necessarily. But I, I think that's just more of sometimes – when I try to work past things, I just try to get really busy and pretend like everything's fine. As like, and I'm like, oh, the time will heal it all. Time always heals everything, and then I'll, I'll eventually just realize there'll be enough distance between like me and my feelings that I won't have to constantly be reminded of this. But yeah, I don't know if that's that's from family though, because my my parents haven't been necessarily like like closed off to feelings, I don't think, but it definitely wasn't, I mean, we weren't like a kumbaya family by any means, and we're like, oh, let's all cry together or something, it wasn't, (laughs) 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 I think that's also, oh, part of it is also how I think I was raised to think of, like, how a woman should behave, I don't know, like a, like women are expected to be all like sad and emotional. And and I was like, no, I can get through this. Like I'm strong enough. Yeah. If men can do it, I can do it in heels. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So yeah, maybe it was that. I don't know. I have to uh, process that more though. That's a good question. (laughs) Sorry for calling you out. (laughs) No, no, that's very valid. (laughs) At the time, it was just me trying to be like, I I don't want this to, it was also near finals week. So I was like, Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pretend like this didn't happen, and I need to like do well in my exams. So I think that was part of it. Maybe now, if I went through a breakup, I would be more honestly. I don't know if I would now be like like. I feel like now know.
1: I'm more logical. Like now I know better, and I know why a breakup happens. So mm-hmm. it's it's it affects me less. But I remember I was super jealous of your response because <laughs> my response to my college breakup was absolute like. Dep- deep deep depression meltdown like I was not okay
3: mm.
1: and I was like I, I was like pissed I was like what the fuck why can Shimona get through this oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then my dumb ass was like fucking not eating not sleeping for like months for no god to- I looked great though I had a mean revenge body well great but we also have the lookism episode and the skinny privilege garbage that's about to come up but so I looked great according to society Everyone's because me. I wasn't eating I full oh. on because I, I was so depressed I was not eating at all mm. like and I, I mean at all like it was I it was weird because I've never felt that kind of depression like my grandpa died and I didn't feel like I felt uh, but he was like older and you know it was it, we, we kind of saw it coming but then like I went through this breakup and it was because some- it's someone choosing to not be with you yeah. versus someone having no choice to not be with you. It- it's almost worse than someone dying, which is such horseshit to think about like a breakup. And I don't think I would ever think that way again, but it was like the first one. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it was there's was, like a lot of things playing around at the same time. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, that was that was rough.
0: Um, I was just going to say that like when I've gone through breakups, it like mimics the cycle of grief almost to a T, um, especially when I didn't see them coming, like both like deaths that I've, that I've been through or experience and then also breakups. It just, it feels like a loss and that you're like losing a, like a part of your future that you thought was stable or like time, like memories. And no just- one tells
1: you, no one tells you how bad a breakup's going to be. They're like, oh yeah, death is definitely worse. And I'm like, is it?
0: because <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: it is, I it definitely is a have,
0: like the sheer relief after a breakup though so I think it really depends yeah. like what actually I happens. think
1: it depends on who calls
2: the breakup <laughs> yeah it yeah, definitely it's like, is just like a stab to your ego if you're the one like broken up with I guess because you're like ooh,
1: it's me always because I'm fucking too <laughs> and I have other problems to ever dump anyone
2: do you feel like that's also like characteristic of being a woman like we're constantly told that you need I am
1: yeah if I know that my action is going to hurt someone then I will not do and I don't think a man would ever feel that way mm. yeah so like I have full-on been in- unhappy in relationships uh, right up until the end just because I didn't want to break up with them
0: mm. yeah It's really interesting like I kept a journal throughout college and when I was in like not my first relationship but the second one that I was in in college I was reading my entries from like December and it was like pages on pages about like doubting the relationship and feeling like it wasn't for me but like oh I'm about to meet his family so I should like just stay in this and then I stayed with him until like like July of that year and then finally I was like What's the what's the point of putting myself through this just for the sake of comfort and the sake of stability? Like that's not
1: comfort. Work. Like, dude, why is that? Because I was literally just dating this guy for fucking eight months. He was annoying me the entire fucking time. We were constantly <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was like, I can't dump him because what am I gonna do? Be single. Oh my god, that's the worst thing that could possibly <laughs> during COVID. Like, what am I gonna do? Not do anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a real concern. It's too much. Unnecessarily too much. Like yeah. I and then now I'm perfectly I've been single for like fucking four, yeah, four or five months. months. It's it's probably not four months old. Time is weird right now. But uh, let me think it's you know. <laughs> Um it's been like Feb February, February, January yep. and it's been like three three to four months of me being single and I'm feeling like four. Let's say four. It's, yeah, four months. And like I was low-key single because I refused to say that I was dating I just said, This is a man that I'm seeing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've had some more, and I'm sorry if I'm
2: rambling. <laughs> did you say like his name? I did not. I didn't. Okay, not. okay. Well, I, I, don't I, did.
1: I also know damn well he's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: Fuck him. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> it's funny because the ex that you're talking about has the same name as the one I was just talking about. Is oh it the same guy? That'd be fun. But <laughs> yeah. he doesn't follow
2: you on Instagram? He does. Oh, so. He <laughs> could. No, he definitely doesn't. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. I can join. It. No, it's fine. No, join whatever you want. This is Mariah if you hear like a fourth voice. just.
3: Yes. And Junkji,
1: we're we in this together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've officially gotten try.
2: You already introduced Mara, right, in the beginning? Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we yeah. can totally just be like,
2: yeah, feel free to well, say if, anything anytime. Yeah,
1: no, I, 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 I enjoy just seeing this. <laughs> I also, yeah. I think, I feel like I see you nodding a lot to what you're saying. Yeah, I'm like I'm very, very love, engaged. I love that.
2: So if you <laughs> ever
1: want to just jump in,
2: I'd also be curious if some of these things are similar in the German dating culture. Yes.
1: You want to give any advice? That we could also, I want to ask that. Yes. At, and I dated a German guy. So, yes. Can, oh. That's a question. We oh,
2: did Mariah meet him?
1: Yes. yes.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked him. He was He was nice. I really so, liked yeah. that one too. He, he was, was, he was very traditional. German. Yes.
3: Yeah. Which means literally no flirting, no honestly right germans are yeah. very like very
1: yeah but he was correct about it i don't know no he was great i honestly
3: he, I oh yeah great but, guy, yeah but i'm not mean, like i'm not excited. i
1: don't know I'm sorry
3: no you I'm, don't, flirt,
1: sorry. don't flirt germans don't really flirt yeah, at least not the I same way i, had, I now I'm, like trying to look back and i'm like was he ever flirting with me but like i guess we kind of we met like on bumble or whatever and then we just like went on a couple dates and then we like just you know got into it we started dating and I just think now that I think about it I guess he we never really like flirted we were just friends. he did just German flirting I'm, I'm assuming it's what not German. Same? it's just
3: like you don't even realize
1: it's happening because it's so okay unfair. wait define German flirting because I just like know what that is. being like really nice and respectful oh my god yes he would that's right. why I like, we're
2: we're like, just,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're like I don't know but it was like it was so nice and respectful that was like not even a base standard for American men that I was like <clears throat> I'm in love yeah in love. Exactly. right sure. well, yes. like, yes. but it's not like oh, you know yeah, it's not like, yeah. Sexy, but it's like I want to marry you and I want to have your baby <laughs> but I don't want to fuck you And the main thing in Germany,
3: actually, if you're asking, is really interesting. If you ever, anybody ever go to a German club, (laughs) if you're the one being approached, they're actually not interested in you, they're interested in your friend. Because that's like extremely respectful in Germany. Like you don't actually approach the person you want to talk to. Yeah, you always approach like one of her friends or his friends. But it's usually, it's still usually the man, but we're very like about being equal. (laughs) <laughs> so it's often also like the woman, and even me if, as a woman. If I were to approach a man, I would approach his friend and be like, "Hey, oh. like, what's up? Your friend's kind of cute. You want a drink?" And I'll get him a drink. Like, it's kind of that's just how we flirt. It's different. <laughs> I did not
1: know that. <laughs>
3: Wait, do <laughs> women
2: approach men there just as much as men approach women?
3: Um. Hmm. So I'm from kind of a smaller town I feel like where I'm from it's probably more the men still but if you were to go to like Berlin it equal or maybe even reverse because it's like getting really intense which is beautiful but like definitely like women empowerment is like to an extreme almost where men sometimes feel insecure about being too much of like Like the traditional man because a lot of them would be like
1: fuck you (laughs) (laughs) what do you want to drink (laughs) i love that i fucking love that yeah but But not
3: in like the smaller towns. yeah
1: yeah because like i remember the first date i went on with i'll just say german man so you don't have to keep like bleeping out his name uh...
2: (laughs) oh i should bleep out his name though right the first time you said i mean he's not gonna listen to it so i mean i don't think it maybe I know, like I'll be.
1: That famous. I don't think we're that famous. We're great, but maybe not that great. I do whatever. Um, so, anyways, I remember the first time I we went out. I was it was the first month that I even got to Germany, and like granted, I took a few German classes, but I did not know what you said when you would say like let's separate the track check or like split the check or whatever. Nice. so yeah so like the first day, and like this has never happened when I went out with an American guy because they're usually like oh we'll pay or like make some sort of effort or just say nothing and then I fucking pay and it's all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, he was literally like oh like separate like get Trent that was like the first fucking word I ever heard out of his mouth which is like split the check you say that word all the time too I love it you're like get yeah <laughs> yeah
3: you're probably, I was, like, I,
1: like I, I know this is right i know i'm saying the correct word when the check comes and then after that he was like paying a little bit more mostly because he was making a lot of money and not a lot of it but more money and i was making no money so it's a little different
2: but
1: mm. if you're ever in germany and you're trying to split the check <laughs>
2: Wow, what a different world. I can't Thank even you. imagine that much respect happening at a at a club <laughs> in terms of approaching <laughs> someone. I mean, Jethro and I have literally had our asses grabbed from the back without, without us even looking at, like, a some random, like, bar in New Haven. I mean, and that was just like, okay, well, I guess it's to just place. It at, like being a woman here. At Toad's Place. Toad's Place, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. So that
2: garbage fucking bar. <laughs> and I don't know about the, the woman approaching men thing. Maybe it's just... I, I feel like I would be a little bit scared to do that. I don't know if that's like an American culture thing, and that's like I'm just a me thing. But I, I don't think women approach men as much here. It might be changing. I don't know. What do you think, Shivani? Um,
0: I was just thinking about how me and my boyfriend met because we met at like a crowded bar slash club, mm-hmm. and I think like we turned, we kind of turned around, and then we were both there, like, and started talking, mm-hmm. and like I think it was. Like, I actually initiated most of it. Also, from the men's perspective, like
3: talking to like really insecure or like maybe more, how do you say it in English? Um, like, not outgoing men. Sorry, you guys know the word. But like, for them, it also sucks, you know? Like, for us, we have to just sit there and wait for someone to talk to us. And them, they're like, I kind of wish someone would come to talk to me. And like, me, for instance, I'm the type of person, I'm like, like, I'll go talk to anybody. But me having to hold that down and them having, like, that's stupid. Like, it's literally stopping people from connecting, right? It doesn't make
0: any right. sense. Yeah. And I feel like the gendered expectation is that, like, women are supposed to be, like, more timid or, like, play hard to get and not, like, come across as, like, desperate. It's, it's such a ridiculous fear. Um, you know, if you are trying to meet someone and trying to put yourself out there, like, regardless of how, like, your gender amen we should
2: normalize it on both sides
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
2: i wish it was also just okay to openly talk about feelings and not make it weird like i think certain conversations are so taboo but they're also so important like why don't we talk earlier on about what each other wants and why do we talk about it like nine months later when people already have feelings and then you're like wait I actually, I actually want to date you for long, and the other person's like, "Wait, I actually just wanted to have sex." Like, why is that coming up like eleven months after you've already been hooking up? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wish it was just normal to just, you know, right away just be like, "I kind of like you, but I don't want anything serious." But that's nothing against you, and yeah, I wish that was more normal.
3: Like, if there was like a cultural like way to go about things, like a step by step, like, mm-hmm. okay, three weeks in, let's have this conversation that's like appropriate to have, or mm-hmm. how would that happen?
2: um I guess it would just it will require both parties to at least be open to sharing and and be comfortable being vulnerable and be accepting of someone else's vulnerability so even if you didn't want to share being uh compassionate towards someone else sharing but as it goes on yeah I guess just in the beginning maybe saying how you're feeling and then at least like a few weeks into it being like okay well are, are you seeing other people like you know, I should, should I wear a condom? Should I not (laughs) Like talking about like STD situation? Like, I don't know. These things are like quite vital. Right. And uh, yeah, I I think it's just kind of put under the the rug and then we'll deal with it until somebody gets hurt basically, which yeah, clearly does not work.
0: It's like this unspoken contract that neither party really agrees to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just sad.
2: I feel like that's my biggest frustration with dating post-college, I want to say, because it seems like everything, I've been exposed to a lot more different ways of dating and the levels of attraction. And sometimes you can be attracted to people in in like different ways but not ways that you might maybe somebody like you want to like just literally hook up with them because you like their face and someone else you're like I want to hook up with you but I like also want you to like read me a book I don't know <laughs> like, you're also like <laughs> that was a terrible example but like I want to spend some some time with you that's also like, Washington. <laughs> 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 I literally never had someone read me a book I don't know why that was the first example <laughs> that was lovely though well, I get it though maybe maybe when i was a kid I, the parents are different but like yeah you just want to spend time with them in different ways but i have absolutely no idea where i was going with that train of thought so you book. that's your best <laughs> thing i think
1: i'll read you a book but it might be a yeah, lot I'll less read book. <laughs> <laughs> <Where's>
2: <laughs> going with this? well oh one thing i did want to mention uh, I think I brought this book up. It's called How to Think About Sex. Have you heard of it? No, it's super short, really fun, kind of enlightening read. Um, he He talks about how there's so many taboos around sex in our culture and and why that is and how it used to be, and like evolutionarily, like why we've adapted into having certain norms today. But one thing I really appreciate that he said is that, People usually always assume wanting to hook up with somebody and wanting to, like, be committed to them are valued differently. Like, if somebody wants to just sleep with you, that automatically means they value value you less versus, like, if they wanted to sleep with you and date you. But we need to get rid of that taboo. Like, people have different needs and wants in life, and they have different things that they can account for. Some people might not just be able to be in a relationship right now. Some people might not just for whatever reason um and we we need to stop making people think that that is like less than for somebody to just want to sleep with you and they're both just their own desires and that's the end of that. So I really like the way he put that. Oh, I remember where I was going with that previous point. I feel like I've been talking way too much. But I'm just going to finish this one last. Because, because you're saying <laughs> good shit. <laughs> <tins. laughs> um yeah, that was my biggest gripe with dating in the adult world is like people want very different things which is fine but no one talks about it like no one talks about it until things are getting weird or
1: I think it's almost a manipulation right because because I think men will make it seem like they want something more than they actually want with women just to like satiate the woman's need and then yeah but then that's not actually what it's like well you agreed you consented in the moment because you thought something else would come out of it but it's like well I don't consent if that's if you you know and then it, then that brings like a deeper meaning into what is consent because like if you give me if i give you consent under the circumstances that i expect that we're in a relationship and these are like you know no more nuanced situations well then how i don't know how can you do casual hookups with a woman who doesn't consent to casual hookups like that all automatically shouldn't be allowed and maybe if we ingrained respect and self-control more into men it would be less of an issue but we don't because men are fine like they just... I'm sorry I, I'm trying not to sound like a man hater it's just really hard <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and just the whole idea of hookup culture it's like I never agreed to be in it be a part of it but you have to play the game Mm-hmm. Like, in order to get to that point of like seriously dating it and it's just such a weird gray area but like I would find myself in a lot where like I never agreed to like just be seen as a hookup to someone but you can't control what someone thinks of you and like Shimona was saying like those expectations aren't always established in the beginning yeah and also like do you, as an Indian
1: I feel like it's all or nothing either you're a super Uh westernized like down to hook up whatever Indian or you're like super prude and you listen to your parents all the time and Mm. you're good at math and that's the type of Indian you are and there's only these two types Mm -hmm. and yeah and you can't stray from that and I I do you think I tried to follow a certain type? Y'all can make your own decisions on which type that is. but um, It just, it sucks because like, I don't, I wish my culture and my stereotype can be separated a little bit more.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I think like my thinking about that kind of changed um, after I was in Mexico, because a lot of the people in my program were Mexican-American and I feel like they face that a lot where people in Mexico kind of thought of them as Americans but then when they were like in America people like saw them very much as Mexican. And so like one of my friends said that like it's not that I'm Mexican or I'm American like I'm Mexican American. Like that's its own genre of culture and like a a whole group within within itself. And so I've started to think more of like my Indian-ness in that lens that like I'm doing something that hasn't existed before Mm -hmm. like creating a whole new subculture
2: that's a really good way to look at it
0: Mm. Mm.
2: create your own damn box don't (laughs) or your own circle
1: Mm -hmm. whatever shape you desire
2: (laughs) yeah i have noticed that though the whole uh like i don't think i fit into either of those categories where i'm like like uh like constantly see me around or like I've like hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How much do I filter I'm this right? from all the
0: Okay, <laughs> right,
2: I'm just gonna say yeah, I don't feel like I fit into either of those categories, but I have gotten before where if a guy if I'm rejecting somebody, then they will try to put me in one of those categories. Or they'll usually be like, oh, it's probably because she's a prude of some kind of Yeah, they're like,
1: oh slut or prude. Yeah. yeah, or they'll,
2: they'll say, they'll think, like, weird things, like, oh, is it because, like, you, you, you're not allowed to date, or, like, is it because, like, you're, like, I don't know, you're, Your like. mommy said no. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, like, there's yeah. really
2: yeah. weird assumptions cool. about how I delegate my body, or, like, how I choose to share it and it's so frustrating because it's like no I literally just don't like you like this has nothing to do with how how attracted (laughs) I am or not like you are I find you very unattractive and some people just can't like it's easier for them to put the blame on me and be like oh it's just because she's like she's not someone that does that kind of stuff and it's like
1: yeah and it's like well imagine our struggle but then I I think of like hijabi women who are like Mm -hmm. trying to live their own life and like exist and they're just like constantly berated for like well oh you're super prude, like all the time and it's like yeah why can't they be self-actualized and wear what the fuck they want to wear like this is a whole like the fact that we can't let hijabi women exist in their own space is like even like counterproductive to women wanting to wear like slutty clothes like if once you can't let someone wear what they want to wear it affects everyone else and uh, on each side of the spectrum. So you can't say that, well, I don't want to let this person exist in their space. So therefore I also, it's fine if this person exists in their space. Like, no, it's all interconnected. And like one cannot exist without the other. Like you, it's just such bullshit of judgment from ignorant garbage people who mm-hmm. cannot, I just I've had a lot of wine, I'm getting feisty. <laughs> no, I a hundred
0: percent agree. <laughs> And I feel like allowing women to, like, take up space in what they believe and, like, how they see themselves is, like, something that's deeply lacking, too. Mm-hmm.
2: Rami Yusuf actually had a little skit about this, and it was just so well done. It was, like, a five-minute bit where he brought up how people in, or, like, not in Western countries will look at women who wear hijabs or burqas and be like, oh, like, why do they make her wear that? Like, it's terrible. And then he went out on a date, I guess, with a, with a American girl and she was, it was like super cold outside and she was in like these high heels and like a really short skirt. And she was like struggling to like walk in like the snow and then like just really cold. And he was like, all I could think about was why do they make her wear that? (laughs) Like it was just, it was so beautiful. Like so true on both sides where like you have, it's the cultural narratives that you write in in one way or another are always going to be as soon as you're trying to like control someone's body or judge them for it it's going to be toxic no matter if they're showing skin or if they're not showing skin so yeah what Chitra said
0: and even the way we think about marriage and how arranged marriage in the western world is seen as this like horrible like sexist institution but not like looking at Western culture and looking at how like even the idea of marriage is like a sexist institution, no matter what, like if it's arranged or not arranged, like it all started with like how men can like gift women to each other. <laughs> and and yep. like even the idea of like taking someone's last name is so common in Western culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one is ever like, oh, that woman is like so oppressed like we need to save her like that's so sad and yeah yeah, just it seems like the whole western idea of practices and like the non-western world are so skewed
2: yeah i agree yeah well uh you heard mariah this episode but if you really want to hear her (laughs) Tune into next week's episode. Because <laughs> we <laughs> accidentally talked week. about this for way too long. Yes. Clearly, you all can tell that we have a lot of feelings about this. Uh, yeah. Not that much experience, according to... Um, just that's put that in for our parents. But just, yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> we've read a lot. We've seen a lot. So we clearly know what we're talking about. Yes. Um, Auntie
1: and uncle, this is not... We didn't do it.
2: <laughs> exactly. This episode, we just... Talked a little bit about normal people and we shoot the shot, shoot the shoot the shit. Shoot I guess the that, yeah, yeah let us into just general conversations about dating today and our frustrations and um, toxic relationships and how those get started and family relationships, how they play into dating. Hopefully, that covered a good amount. A lot of it was an opening for what you're about to hear in next week's episode. <laughs> So keep listening in there um, and we'll see you next time. Yes. Bye. Bye.